0: This is a new, non-caloric, silicon-based kitchen lubricant my company's been working on. It creates a surface 500 times more slippery than any cooking oil. Ah, we're really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff.
1: Has anyone ever used it on a sled?
0: Not that I know of, Russ. (laughs) Well, don't go putting all that stuff on
2: my sled, Clark. You know that metal plate in my head? How can I forget? I
0: had to have it replaced because every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so.
2: So over at the VA, they had to replace it with a plastic
0: one, and it ain't as strong, so... (laughs) I don't know if I ought to go sailing down no hill with nothing between the ground and my brain but a piece of government plastic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You really think it matters, Eddie?
0: Well, you see, the the plate runs right
1: underneath my part here.
0: And over here, it's... You know, nothing, but but here, if this gets dented, then my hair just ain't gonna look right.
1: I know the feeling.
0: Well, I better try this first, see how it works. Well, you be careful there, Clark. Nothing to worry about, Eddie. Going for a new amateur recreational saucer sled land speed record, Clark W. Griswold, Jr. Remember, don't try this at home, kids. I am a professional.
2: Later, dudes.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for Ben and Blake's Excellent Adventure Podcast. We're here to bring you some entertainment, entertainment-related news. Without further ado, I am DJ Blakey Blake. And I am Ben Freshy
2: Fresh. I don't the know. Fresh Ben. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to the greatest bleep bleep podcast ever <laughs> I don't even know what it's supposed to go through. I just figured bleep bleep was appropriate now people are going oh my god did Blake just say an ugly word yeah I said an ugly word and the word bleep at the same time <laughs> if you consider
2: the word bleep an ugly word I'm
0: one of them if
2: you don't like them double letters
0: a ventriloquist yeah. if they ventrilo- were two ventriloquists would you call them ventriloquy Ooh. a ventriloquistus <laughs>
2: Hopefully, there, there's never more than one ventriloquist in any given area.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be
2: great. Do they have conventions because that's got to be the creepiest convention. <laughs> yeah, <in> the world. <laughs> with their little marionette puppets dancing. That's around. worse than a clown convention.
0: Like we should go to a marionette or like a, a ventriloquist convention and like. <laughs> Find a midget to take with us, like a live midget, and let them sit on our knee and put our hand on their back and just greedily stare at people and let the midget say whatever they want to. Can you imagine how? I'm sorry if you're a midget. We're not trying to offend midge eyes. My name is Jerry Farnsworth, and this is my friend
2: Roscoe. How are you doing, Roscoe? Better than you. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't Scream. think of any like, wood jokes. They do a lot of wood jokes in oh the trilogy.
0: You didn't get that. Did you? <laughs> would you? Would you? Would you do it? I sure would. The <laughs> it was made out of barbecue spare ribs, let's eat it. <laughs> I would. I'd wash it down with a tall, cool Budweiser. <laughs> let's take a break for a sip of water.
2: <laughs> this podcast brought to you by water.
0: Brought to you by two hydrogens, one oxygen. H2O. Whoa. Wow, whoa. Well, we'd say we'd get on some weird, <laughs> <coughs> weird stangles. Anyway. Welcome to Ben and Blake's Excellent Adventure, the podcast that everybody, including your mom and them, want to listen to. We talk about all kind of cool stuff, nerd stuff, non-nerd stuff, mainly nerd stuff, mm-hmm. um, but it's named after Ben and I, so we can talk about what we want to. Yeah. Ooh, as long as it's PC, right? Mm-hmm. What's PC mean these days? Protective custody. <laughs> And we're going the potato crusting. We're going to rat out the Clintons on this episode. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. This is the greatest podcast of all time, and
2: Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Epstein, Epstein. Whoever he is, he didn't kill himself. <laughs> tomato, tomato.
0: <laughs> potato, Either tomato. One of Clintons, Adam Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hillary, we're all into you. Winch. Winch. <laughs> See what I did there? I changed the word up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we got some pretty cool stuff to talk about. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat <laughs> um, We're going to talk about Netflix has got two series That they've announced Or like one movie And one series We're going to talk about that Disney Plus came out Last week dude Or week before Yep Whatever, it's everything I dreamed it would be. It's pretty great. We're gonna talk about Disney Plus because it's fantastic. Um, we got a couple of concerts coming up, one in the area, one that we don't know if it's gonna be in the area yet or not. We're gonna let you know about those, and they're only because Ben didn't know about them and we needed something to fill spots. We're gonna mention them, <laughs> and then he's gonna. Uh, my favorite movie of all time, Ben. Christmas Vacation turns 30 this year. 30 years old. Yeah, I love that movie and all of its glory. We're also going to give a review of the Disney Plus release, The Mandalorian, and talk about some Star Wars stuff, theories. So up. spoilers possibly. <coughs> oh yes, there are going to be spoilers, so if no. you're listening to this, um, after we talk about Christmas Vacation, you may want to speed ahead a little bit. Uh, then
2: we're going... We'll just go watch The Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, I'll go watch that. <laughs> it's pretty great.
0: Pause this, go watch The Mandalorian, and then come back yep and then um we're gonna talk about uh we may do a play a little game i don't know we'll see we have time ben and blake's gonna recommend some things for you guys mm-hmm. then we're gonna do our top five i'm trying to figure out how to coin this you know when you have a really really good band that you love and you love all their stuff and then they drop that turd album that nobody likes we're gonna discuss those our top five worst albums by good bands that we like i guess yep. that's how you say say ben's gonna break down some what's happening and who knows what else we're gonna talk about ramble about Go on and on about tangents and wild rabbit. We've got more tangents in a geometry class in here, folks. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> take that, Miss Melanie Hounds, who's paying attention to your class. Here's how little I
2: know about math. I'm not even sure if you used the, the correct math that uses tangents. <laughs> it, might be, it might be calculus <laughs> or trigonometry. Well, I know it's not calculus
0: because I never took that. So. <laughs> Maybe it just sounds Geometric. We're, just because we're nerds doesn't mean we're smart. Yeah, because I remember in geometry, we had to figure out sine, cosine, and tangent. Boom, ho. Who's right now? Boom. which? <laughs> <laughs> I said winch. <laughs> I say nice nice yeah. save there. Winch. Oh uh, yeah. I hope I felt it rising and I divert it anyway. <laughs> but before we get into all this with all of our rambling, random ramblings, uh, we need to thank this bill that pays the bills. Yep. I'm talking about our main man, our favorite sponsor, Dollar Bill. Um, Murray. I forgot his last name for a second there. <laughs> Talking about Ben's daddy, Mr. Bill Murray, and the folks down at Acme Pharmacy, part of the Murray Drug Company here in Homerville, Georgia. Yep. Um, go by and check them out for your pharmaceutical-related uh, needs. Make sure you take a prescription or have one called in from your doctor because they're not just going to give you uh, pills or medicine. We can't say pills. That's might offend the pill heads. Um <laughs> <laughs> well focus Blake focus um, so go by check them out give them a call 912 487 we'll hear an ad from them here in a little while uh, we're also brought to you by anchor.fm your one stop shop for all things podcast related go to their website which of course is aptly named anchor.fm and uh, you can use their podcast engine built into their website to record or you can record it and upload it like Ben and I do they aggregate it out for you for frizzle and um, it's a good shop so check them out anchor.f to the Ben, you ready to jump into this? Let's do it. Um, You got anything you want to add? I just kind of ramble and take over and don't let you interject anything.
2: Oh, uh, the, w- the one story I had to add was uh, for, you know, every once in a while we pop some pro wrestling ah. news in there. Uh, mm-hmm. For uh, anybody that's been following pro wrestling for the last couple of years, uh, there was a big to-do about, uh, you know, CM Punk left the WWE under uh, a hail of controversy. Uh, and now he's back. Apparently, uh, hell froze over, and CM Punk <laughs> is back in the WWE. Oh my gosh! Um, but he's not in a wrestling, but capacity, not in a wrestling capacity. Right. Um, he's he's a backstage contributor, part of a show they got called WWE Backstage. Um, yeah,
0: it comes on like Fridays or something. I've watched that a couple of times.
2: Yep. And so, as of right now, that's that's his. I can't be- I have a hard time believing that it's it'll stay that way. Yeah. Um unless he's just really done like for good as, as a performer I don't and think he could he's be.
0: done I think it's beef between he and Vince Um, or him and Triple H yeah uh, one of the two but if they've listened to the fans whine and cry this long about bringing Punk back and they're bringing him back in that capacity they'll pull a Daniel Bryan on him they'll leave him backstage they'll make him like a little manager or uh something they'll find some way oh that's right that is what they did with Daniel Bryan they'll find some way to integrate him back into the scene on either Raw or Smackdown and then he'll be fighting they'll give him like a big match at Wrestlemania or SummerSlam he'll be
2: interviewing somebody backstage and they'll get into it Triple H will hit him with a hammer or something and then he'll be like I want you at Wrestlemania
0: except it'll be a real hammer and he'll kill him wait that went
2: dark he'll put his he'll put his hand over the sledgehammer and gently shove it into his midsection yeah he'll go that shot oh my god that shot (laughs) killed him no it didn't (laughs) (laughs) this is why I always hated the sledgehammer as a weapon because it looks like oh my god he's about to you can kill somebody with that thing and then like i don't know it's just always
0: sting hits it with a cheaply made baseball bat and breaks the handle clean into like it doesn't splinter the wood at all (laughs) just a clean snap that's totally real anyways um how's your week been i didn't even ask you that man i'm so sorry i'm a horrible friend that just likes to talk (laughs) and never knows when to shut up it's been really busy
2: i I, i've had a um it took one of the reasons we were recording monday night Mm -hmm. and sunday night um, was because I had not had a chance to watch The Mandalorian and yet. I wanted to talk
0: about yeah. it and, and um, couldn't spoil it.
2: And I literally God. couldn't do it until last night because um, I just every night had something.
0: I had something to do, like eat pickled beets. I like pickled beets I had to take a colon cleanser I had to drink <laughs> five of one night and cleanse myself <laughs> I, I have a jar of pickled beets in my refrigerator I know you do You talk about them a lot <laughs> I love like pickled beets Like they're the most glorious thing God ever created Pickled beets It's nature's candy, bruh um, <laughs> Nature's candy, winch,
2: winch. The um, <laughs> Buy that t-shirt at, uh, Nancy it's, Ruiz, get on that Make us a t-shirt It says winch.
0: <laughs> yeah, old Nancy Selena but um i'll make sure i tag her in this one like i did the last one I'll be like hey you gotta listen to the whole podcast to find out where we talk about you <laughs> and she'll go oh god what did y'all say i'll be like i'm not telling you until you listen to it you and beneath aka brianna <laughs> hashtag beneath <laughs> hashtag beneath i still i still have her saved in my phone as Beneatha. <laughs> <laughs> the um
2: what, what
0: yeah it's just been busy
2: i've yeah. been really
0: busy i know the feeling dude i don't like i'm exhausted
2: that and i almost had to Almost had to end somebody's life because Georgia almost threw away that
0: uh, Auburn Whose game. Whose life were you going to end? Nobody. I just uh, I had to make it like, sound more I would interesting. Hope that than if you would do thing. that, you would call me and at least let me participate. <laughs> we got sheesh, beat them up
2: like that scene in Office Space where they beat <laughs> up the printer.
0: Exactly. Dang, it feels good to be a Gangsta. gangster, <laughs> a little honky buck cracker from the bottom. <laughs> anyway, I just said cracker. How from... about your week? How's it uh, been? I mean, it it's it was a week. I'm trying <laughs> to think what I did. Oh, yeah, so now that I'm back at Freewheel, you know, I play drums now. Mm-hmm. My legs have been really sore for two weeks because I didn't play in, like, two months. And I can't, like, I have to ease down on the toilet for, like, two days after Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> my legs <laughs> jellify. Yeah. So that's been good. That's been an adventure. We <laughs> transitioned to an electric set. I'm not real fond of them. An electric drum set? Yeah, because with that small stage and the way that sanctuary oh, is laid no. out and my playing style... <laughs> So is a 90's rock play style It's very loud and so You're always yeah. twirling that drum I'm not, I'm not twirling it but I'll catch myself Pointing at the bass player and then I'm doing like full arm extensions when I hit the snare So it sounds like a shotgun going off Yeah, I, I can't help it They need to get you one of those rigs that like turns upside down Like they did with uh, mm-hmm. Tommy Lee That's some mm. full Tommy Lee in there But I don't want to turn <laughs> upside down and puke everywhere But I, you know it's just giving us a better mix Supposedly we'll see We're still working the kinks out and, uh, like, the the mic trigger for the cymbals didn't come in yet. They won't be in until Wednesday. And so I'm having to play the electric set with the real cymbals, and so we're having to balance the volume, and I'm having to pull back so they still blend. So it's a challenge. Other than that, just work. Yeah. Um, we didn't have a ball game Friday night, so I laid around and did nothing, helping mom and dad move some stuff around, throw some crap out it needs to be gone, church on Sundays, work Saturday night. You know, it is what it is. Life is a highway. Yeah, how's that? How's work going, Dragon? It's great. It's great. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I got to I got to give you the full effect here. Hold on, I got to pull this song up because um, so Saturday night when I get there, I got there like at six, and um, oh God, stop! I don't want to try YouTube Premium, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no ads. I don't give a crap. <laughs> and your videos will pause when you have to leave the screen.
0: I always skip them, anyways. <laughs> All right, so Saturday night. It's playing an ad. Can you hear the advertisement now? Give me the option to skip. So I walk in Saturday night. Um, Wild man, who's also affectionately Oh, by the way, there's another one that works there, too, and they call him Wild Bill. It's great. That sounds like uh, gimmick infringement to me. It but. sounds like I don't care, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's a VFW in Nashville, Georgia. I'm sure nobody that cares about Wild Bill is going to sue them for gimmick infringement. What the crap was that? I don't know. Anyways, so... um what was I saying oh so I walk in and wild man they've already turned the sound system on he's got this playing through the speakers hold on can you hear that yeah so this is playing right I can hear it bumping through the back and so hold on let me speed it up a little bit let me get to this so it's like jamming and I walk in and he looks at me and goes dragon (laughs) with his fist up in the air yeah, I was like, wow, I've, I've never been um, hailed like that before. You had the intro to Back in Black. <laughs> just playing Back in Black and you screaming my name like I'm a superstar. <laughs> it was pretty epic. I was kind of proud and afraid all at the same time. <laughs> I was like, I don't really know how I should feel about this, but thanks. Wild man! it's good to see you buddy Lace, man watch out for your cornhole bud <laughs> that's who he sounds like he's lawrence's twin from office space that's hey, what Peter he looks man. like and sounds like <laughs> hey lois there's a chick giving herself a breast exam on channel 10 man <laughs> that's exactly who it is anyways <laughs> let's move on with the show we've been rambling for 13 good minutes now oh wow. uh, yeah that doesn't take long does it at all no. i'm gonna have to keep talking until 14 minutes even there you go get my even time stamp <laughs> booyah witch. anyways um <laughs> that's our throwback to breaking bad Jesse payment cuz we can't say the b word We can't word on say his actual so we say witch. <laughs> anyways um netflix dude has announced this week that they are releasing a couple of things that's um kind of cool and interesting. First one um, features Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he's been kind of nostalgic, nostalgic lately anyways. He's, he's like, had a lot
2: going on here recently. Yeah, well,
0: he's in the middle of filming Coming to America 2, which comes out in December. Yep. Uh, also in December, also in December, um, he come he's coming back to Studio 8H to film uh, Saturday Night Live for the first time in 30 years. He's actually hosting oh, wow. it. Oh, Nice. Yeah. Um, he's about to start on another stand-up comedy tour. Uh, it's going to be filmed for an upcoming... Oh, <laughs> excuse me. It's excuse. scat. That's what my granddad used to. Say. I don't know why he said Zoom scat, tight. but anyways, um, he's also filming a stand-up comedy tour for a Netflix special. God, gotcha. we got it's a two for one. So there's a new Eddie Murphy stand-up special being filmed for Netflix. How we speak? But the one that I want to get to, um, Netflix is working right now with Jerry Bruckheimer because they've acquired the rights to Beverly Hills Cop Four. Mm. Now, granted, Beverly Hills Cop Three wasn't that great of a movie, but um. But enough time may have passed that we can do another Beverly Hills Cop movie. Yeah, Axel Foley is back in black <laughs> that way th- no. what <laughs> no uh, he's back jack is what i meant to say uh, it says the deal also calls for a fifth film if the fourth one is success when everything goes as planned is it a judge reinhold spin-off movie oh god i hope not <laughs> judge reinhold i haven't heard that name um the f- original beverly hills cop came out in 84 sequels came out in 87 and then in 94 mm. uh now murphy just also released Dolomites. my name i yep. haven't got a chance to watch that yet i haven't
2: either but it looks pretty good. Yeah, Lynn watched it
0: and he said it's not like hilariously funny, but he said there's some funny stuff. There's also a lot of bad language in it. Well, it reminds but me of... Uh, it's Eddie Murphy for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, right. Uh, it reminds me of, um, or it looks like, like I said, I
2: hadn't seen it, but uh, uh you know, Black Dynamite, the movie that came out in uh, 2008. I'll
0: put halfway. Sure. sure. Don't spit them because I'm going to punch you in your golden nose. Blake's
2: trying to kill me. He's giving me Reese's Pieces. Oh God, am <laughs> still I'm going to eat them though. Oh, <laughs> E.T. phone home
0: Does that annoy him? Anyways We're ASMRing you Smacking why we're talking about Eddie Murphy So what are you saying? But yeah, time so That could be good, it could be bad Only time will tell When we die, we we'll go to heaven to hell That's a <laughs> C. Murder song or somebody Tupac, It was Tupac <laughs> Tupac or Machiavelli Machiavelli and this Columinati all through your body that blows like a 12-gauge shotty. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow. Screaming Machiavelli to my enemy. We just see how we do.
0: <laughs> we're, we're not sorry either. Mm. Um, mm. Also, Netflix is currently... Um, are they... Wait. Yeah. They're already... Um, yeah, they're... um Yeah. What am I saying? Oh, uh, Netflix has announced that it's releasing like a reimagined live action Avatar series. Uh, you know, Avatar: yeah, The Last Airbender, or whatever. Not the Avatar with the blue aliens. Um, They're getting like
2: three more movies or something like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that what, the blue Avatar movie. Yeah, goddamn, they, they put the second one out yet. I don't see how they can build on Anyways, we'll talk about that another <laughs> podcast. Uh, but yes, live action Avatar series on its uh, service in partnership with Nickelodeon. Uh, production will start in 2019. Because see, Netflix just did this big partnership with Nickelodeon yeah, to try to, to combat to Disney. Disney. <laughs> Plus, it's not going to work unless <laughs> well, they got some pull some surefied
2: barn burners out. But we'll I'll see. say this. Um, have you ever watched the old Avatar The Airb-
0: Last Airbender cartoon? Yes, the car, some of them. It's actually a really good show. I like the movie that they made. I was hoping they were going to make a couple sequels. But they didn't. I like parts of it. We'll put it that way. I feel like they kind of... They kind of didn't stick the landing on that they one, but the, that's just screwed me. The pooch. <laughs> but anyways, so uh, but the, but here's the kicker: the animated shows creators Michael DiMartino and Brian Konitzko, they are going to be executive producers of the new live action. Mm-hmm. So um, it says details are unsurprisingly scarce at this stage, but um, they stress that the Netflix production would include a culturally appropriate, non-white cast. Wah, 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 oh yeah,
2: because that's the movie got a.
0: Yeah, um, really? um, there's no guarantee it's going to be as memorable as the animated series. I, it should retell the story of Ang and uh, his companions, you know, saving the world from the fired Lord. Oh yeah, I was that something like that effect. I think it was his name. Close enough. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We're southern. It's scheduled. <laughs> it's scheduled to start. Um, uh, it'll start production is going to start in 2019. So um, yeah. Anything you want to add on that?
2: Mm, no I just um, I got I hope it's good Um, they've had issues sort of translating that stuff um, to other properties so um, I hope it's really good I haven't finished they did a sequel show to that that Legend of Korra I haven't really watched that but uh, I haven't (sighs) I hear it's good but I haven't seen it Um, so I can't comment on it Um, but you are i'm just saying it exists when you- <laughs> and 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 some people seem to really like it so yep um so i hope it's good and i hope the nickelodeon thing i mean they, they theoretically they can do a lot of really good stuff with like old nickelodeon properties Well,
0: if, if they keep on i'm gonna have to pick or choose because i can't afford all these god bless streaming <laughs> right. services
2: yeah i looked at my bank statement earlier and almost wept um anyways Enough about my sad fi- financial st- affairs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mine, too. Whoa, whoa. Thanks, whoa. Debbie Downer. Um, Disney Plus has released. I know we've harped on this a lot, but I just want to take a break and say I love Disney Plus. <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this to advertise for them or anything. Um But yeah, dude, it's magnificent and it's everything that I dreamed it would be (laughs) because not only do they have the Disney properties, but they have Fox properties on Uh there as well. Like the entire Simpsons catalog is on Disney plus, um, all of the old movies that I grew up watching are on Disney Plus. Um, old Yeller, The Sword in the Stone, yeah. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Swiss Family Robinson. The list goes on and on and on. Willow is on yes, the God-blessed um, thing. And isn't there a little bit of news about yeah, Willow? Yeah, I was getting there because I watched Willow the other day. Uh-huh. I saw it and I was like, there's no way I'm not watching Willow. I made Jonah watch Willow with me and he loved Willow. He walked around calling me a peck for the next four days. <laughs> peck, peck. Peck 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 peck. Anyways. I'm a great sorcerer. So that that brings me to this next point. Um, Disney Plus has announced that they are in works to film a Willow sequel, which is going to be a live action series. Mm. Um, and I loved that movie. A lot of people might not remember it. It started. I loved it. I'd it starred be- Warwick Davis. Uh, had yep. Val Kilmer in it. Had Joanne Wally, s- Yeah, had several several people in it. And it's it's some in some fantasy land, it's about this midget creature called an Elwyn, played by Davis, who finds this, his family finds this baby in the river, and the baby, excuse me, is prophesied to be the one to destroy the evil queen, Bav Morda, who's mm-hmm. trying to destroy all the land, and she's going to kill her and bring peace everywhere. And Val Kimmer plays this rogue swordsman named Mad Mardigan, mm-hmm. and... It's just, it's a great movie. It's a fantasy tale. I love fantasy Plus stuff. That, that awesome bad
2: guy with that skull mask. that thing Yeah, was, General was, Kale. Oh, that was so awesome looking. I, I love that movie. And a, and a great Nintendo game that came it out was. for it. It was a really good Nintendo game. Of course, Capcom made it. They always made good stuff back then. Yeah, they did.
0: Um... So, yeah, that's coming out. Very excited about that. If I mean, so if you hadn't got a Disney Plus subscription yet, let me just throw something out there to help you. If you're a Verizon subscriber and you have an unlimited plan on your cell phone service, you get Disney Plus free for an entire year. You can also get the bundle which includes um, ESPN plus our thing, or Unlimited, whatever, plus Hulu. So for, you know, the regular subscription price is like $12.99 for the bundle. But with Verizon, you get it for an entire year. Now, if you just want Disney Plus, it's like six ninety nine a month. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, now there's some th- – <laughs> now the layout is pretty much schematically like um, – like Netflix Mm -hmm. with the way they have the movies grouped and stuff Uh, but here's something I like here's what I like about it and I noticed this when I was watching The Mandalorian which we'll get to in a little bit once you get done watching it it pulls up recommendations and there's always like on most of them there's like um, like a behind-the-scenes look at that show and then stuff, you know, it's more information about the show instead of just hit play on it. Yeah. Um, and of course, they always recommend they have the entire Star Wars catalog on there. They have the entire Marvel catalog on there. They have all of the Disney shows that we used to like watch, like The Rescuers, the old Ducktail cartoons are on there. The Gummy Bears are on there. All on there. I watched a little
2: of bit of the uh, the new DuckTale show on it because I hadn't seen any of it. I watched any of it. It's, it's decent. I like what I saw. Um, I'll put it like that. Um... They've got all the old Marvel cartoon shows like X-Men, Spider-Man, yeah.
0: uh, the Silver yeah, they Surfer one all that only guns. ran for yeah, one season. <laughs> they do. Now I wonder since it's a Fox, since they got Fox properties on there, they're going to put the, oh, is the old X-Men cartoons on there we use for yeah. Hadn't noticed those yet. But anyways, we could talk about Disney Plus all day. Check it out. If you have Verizon, go to their website or call their rep and get that free subscription. If not, pay the six ninety nine dollars a month. Like yesterday, I babysat, babysat my two-year-old cousin and we watched The Little Mermaid and then we watched The Lion King and it was great sharing those with her. Yeah. And um, she enjoyed them as well. So um, check that out. What else am I looking at here? I'm trying to kill time and without rambling. Um, here's some nostalgia for you, Ben, or talking about stuff like that. If you are in the, oh crap, it's not going to pull up now. Ain't this a joke? If you are in the North Florida area, South Georgia area, wherever you're at, if you're close, coming up toward, toward the middle of December in Clay County, it's just south of Jacksonville. There is going to be, oh, wait, 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 I told, gave you the wrong date. Ooh. Clay County, Fair, it's in Green Cove, they've moved it. It's in Green Cove Springs, Fl- Green Cove Springs <laughs> Florida, uh, Tuesday, April 7th at 7 o'clock, Vanilla Ice and Sir Mix-a-Lot. Ben, what's Sir Mix-a-Lot tell them to do? What's he tend to put on the glass? He something. I can't say. <laughs> put you on the spot. Put you on the spot. Yeah. So you're talking about nostalgia? That's
2: a question for you and you too. When you guys get that hear oh this God. Oh, my God. oh, my God.
0: Yeah, so check that out, dude. I'm going I'm totally going. I told somebody the other day, I'm not gonna say any names right now. You know what I'm talking about. I was like, we're going to this concert. That's all I'm gonna say. We That's go all on. I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. Um and also, while we're being nostalgic right here, Ben. K- sir Sir hold on. Sir
2: makes okay. a lot. The most uh, the most gallant knight in King Arthur's court. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, I'm sorry. That was a forced joke. I apologize. <laughs> And I may have stole it. I may have stole that joke from somebody. Like else.
0: every other joke you say, I'm I'm, I'm unoriginal. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so check this out. So this is um, kind of like somebody eating their words here. Nikki Six back in 2014 said, "There's no amount of money that would ever make him do it again." Like you know play music as that band Molly Crew because he has such pride in how they ended it right Uh well Nikki Six freaking lied Molly Crew released a video Monday officially announcing their upcoming reunion tour which starts in 2020 it's going to be a US stadium tour get this with Poison Uh and Def Leppard Uh, while specific dates and venues have yet to be announced three acts will perform at stadiums around the country Um, the band doesn't appear in the video but they have Machine Gun Kelly who played Tommy Lee in Uh that Netflix adapt of the dirt or whatever Um, they're blowing up their cessation of touring contract because the fans demanded a reformation and uh, dude this is great I like Motley Crue I still listen to Motley Crue (laughs) and so um, they played 158 shows on their 2014 through 15 final uh, tour and so yeah it's it's, dude I, I can't I can't wait so let's see let's see let's see who else who else has got upcoming shoot long (laughs) list of like um they join a long list of people that have toured after their farewell tour or whatever Hmm. like uh kiss the who black sabbath phil collins ozzy tina turner share lcd sound system (laughs) whoever those are weirdos
2: (laughs) the who's got even got a new album coming out yeah um and there's only two of them left um
0: yeah, six said he looked. He said he, he reiterated in February. He reiterated Rolling Stone that they had no plans to reform. And but he, even if he, even though he expressed doubts about the decision, he made the statement. Sometimes I look at my friends like the guys in Aerosmith and Metallica, and I'm like, "Gee, did did we retire too soon?" He claims there are going to be no one-offs in their future. So maybe we'll get together and jam in Mick Mars's front room. But yeah, whatever. They're touring the United he, States.
2: Is he well enough to pref- to like go out on tour?
0: Mick Mars or Nikki Six? Mick Mars, dude. Mick Mars is he's, he's like got that bon- weird
2: bone disease though yeah or whatever it is crazy. that he's got I like Mick Mars I like Mick Mars <laughs> um, he's actually my favorite member of Motley yeah, career <laughs> mine too
0: he's totally mine too but um on in other news being my favorite movie turns 30 this year Christmas vacation. The, the Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation. Almost time to change my ringtone to Christmas vacation. <laughs> Last year, I have the, I had their main theme as my main ringtone, and then on my Apple Watch, you know, you can set like your background to be like a slideshow, and it was all scenes from Christmas Vacation. So every time I raised my watch up, it was a new Cousin Eddie or something to that effect. Um, but to celebrate the 30th year, they're they're gonna release it on the big screen this year. Um. Nice came out December 1st, 1989. And, uh, so, yeah, so this December 1st makes 30 years. I love that movie, dude. I watch it. It's, I should have put it on my list. Well, I mean, it's not one of those sleepers that people know I don't like because they know I love it. Every time it's <laughs> on, I'm going to watch it. I can watch it all year long, See, every
2: day. Vegas Vacation would be more likely to be on that list, right? So yeah. It's, not, it's one
0: not everybody. I like Vegas Vacation, I too. I did not like European Vacation. I didn't watch to No, that. even
2: – I want to like it because I like Eric Idol's in it and I'm a big Monty Python fan. But Eric Idol's done a lot of bad movies. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's only
0: going to be at AMC theaters. I'm not as the one about Austin AMC. I think, think they so. Are. Yeah. I think it is. But they're going to show it from the week of like 12 6 to 12 12. Hold on. There may be more dates. I'm going to click this link and see. But that's kind of exciting, right? Because I didn't watch it in the theaters when it came out. No. Um, I always want
2: to go see those like flashback cinema things. Yeah, and I don't hardly ever watch. make
0: it to one. That'll be a good one to watch in the theater. Uh Benjamin, let's get into before we do this, cuz we're at 30 minutes. <laughs> let's talk about the Mandalorian here. Let's talk about you it. You finally watched it. I Give me your watched. opinion about it.
2: I I really enjoyed it. Um it's it's probably my favorite Star Wars thing that I've seen since the original film. Um because I Star Wars unfortunately for me at least I, I don't hate it hate it but like they've had a tendency to lean in and lean in on the goofiness of yeah life. yeah you're right and and I think they do it as a, as a way to sort of pander to children mm-hmm. um and I don't think you have to do that I think you can still make good things without 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 pandering to children kids can out them yeah. whether being good or not and, and um I mean, I even really did it in the, in the original trilogy, too, a bit, um, especially in Return of the Jedi. But um, what it feels like to me is that it, it has a real it has a spaghetti western feel to it. Yeah. It has like, a, oh, it totally like an old Clint Eastwood totally movie does. vibe to it. And there's also, without, without giving away the plot just yet, it reminds me, there's an old Japanese comic um, manga, for those of you uh, who want me to get technical with it. uh, There was an old manga called Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah. And there's a lot of elements of Lone Wolf and Cub so far in the first two seasons, seat seasons, first two episodes of uh, The Mandalorian. Um, And so far, I have just super enjoyed it. I think they've, they've, they've shown the Star Wars universe like, like they haven't, it's not, like it's completely different than anything we've ever seen you know we see a lot of stuff that we've seen before but we've seen it in a new way uh, and I appreciate that Um, I think no uh, I think that it's it's on track right now to be one of the best new shows I've seen in
0: a while. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And that's not just because I'm a Star Wars yeah, nerd. Yes, I am
2: here. Because I can be really hard on Star Wars if I want to be.
0: You know, um, I had apprehensions like yours going into watching it because I was, I'm a huge fan of the whole Star Wars saga, period. Um, I loved the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I liked most of the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with the Post treacle um, trilogy, the third one, which isn't yeah. out yet. Um, but yeah, I'm so I was kind of worried because I mean, like, you know, Disney has had the rights for the last three. Or yeah, and so I'm like, I wonder what they're going to do because there's so much room that they can do good things with this and there's also so much room that can go bad with it and when it started I was kind of like oh this is going to be a slow series I watched through the first episode and I was like I mean I was kind of impressed kind of not impressed Um, but then at the end of the first episode I was like holy crap (laughs) like Jesus Christ that reveal in the last five minutes of the first episode made it for me and even though the second episode was just a filler episode I felt like um, there's so much room So much room. Now, I'm still a little more apprehensive than you are because I'm still kind of holding my breath to see if they tank it or not. Yeah. But here's the reveal. You ready? Spoiler alert. Yeah. So, in The Mandalorian, it follows this guy from Mandalore who is just known as The Mandalorian. It hadn't revealed his name yet or anything. Hadn't even taken his mask off, which is lame. Boba Fett and Jango took their mask off. Actually, we
2: never saw Jango Fett take that helmet off uh, originally. Yeah, we did because we saw
0: his face. Well, we saw him as a kid. No, we saw Boba Fett as a kid. We never oh, I'm saw sorry. Boba Fett. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, but anyway, I just
2: got the names flipped yeah. flopped. <laughs> but any,
0: yeah. so anyways, he doesn't take his mask off. We hear him talking through the helmet. It shows a couple of other people from Mandalore. Um, but it shows him, you know, acquire this bounty, turn him in, try to get this other bounty, and like Carl Weathers, who plays, I guess, the head of—they the, called it the Guild or whatever. Yeah. So he's like, um, "All I've got is these small ones, and he knows I've got other members too that I've got to spread it around between." He said, "But I do have this one, and." Um, he said, there's no puck with the picture on it. He said, all I can give you is this tracker and send you to these people. So he sends them to him. When they go down, when he goes down in this little basement area, it's there's stormtroopers in there. Mm-hmm. And if you understand correctly, at this point in the Star Wars saga um, – the, Mandal- no, the Mandalorians have always been sworn enemies of the Jedi, if you will. They, I mean, they developed technology around being able to destroy Jedi. Uh, that's how much they were, you know, were against them. And we know this through like Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars, um, the animated series. And if you are a Star Wars nerd, like <laughs> you read the canon and stuff like I do. Um, <laughs> but, and which one was it? It was either in Rebels... I don't remember which but anyways the Empire destroys Mandalore hmm. they destroy the planet and so now after the Death Star is destroyed the Mandalorians really don't like anything yeah. from the Empire yeah. at all even though this is sorry that's, that's my fault yeah. That, yeah, so it does make a noise hmm. yeah. somebody's been lying I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding well it's not a text kidding me. So anyways, but when he goes in there, he kind of draws his weapon out You know, or no, he didn't draw it out immediately, but somebody walks in the door, starts and pulls his the weapon, they all draw down on each other. So anyways, this guy, I don't even remember, I don't even know if he said who he was. Apparently he's some big figure in the Galactic Republic Empire or whatever. <laughs> it, was, so, it was famous German director Werner Herzog. I too, exactly. <laughs> well, I knew, I knew it was Werner Herzog, but I didn't know who he was exactly playing. But anyways, he tells him that he's got this bounty and um, he can tell him that where the guy, where the target's last Known location was and he can give him this tracker, and he tells him the pay is very, very hefty. He said we've been searching for this this target for fifty years, is what he says. And so, the Mandalorian goes to this place, this planet, like a sand planet. It almost looks like um, Tatooine. Yeah, almost like Tatooine. And or, so, uh, Jaku. Sorry, it could have been. I didn't even think about that. Now the time frame of this movie is five years after the second Death Star. So five years after the second Death Star was destroyed. So it's five years after Return of the Jedi. It's between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Five years um, after the Return of the Jedi. Let me get that correct. And so he goes his plan. He meets his other character, voiced by um, Nick uh, by yeah, Nick Nolte. Um, he helps him. He tells him, you know, kind of where these people are that he's looking for. He gets there. There's another bounty bot that showed up that's part of the guild. And so, anyways, this is my fa- one of my favorite parts I think of the that episode. The bounty bot was
2: voiced by um, a famous filmmaker, now uh, Taika Waititi.
0: Yeah, it was Taika Waititi, yeah. I think I pronounced his name right. Yeah.
2: He just released that movie, movie uh, JoJo Rabbit. Yeah, and
0: he's directing the Blade series, right? Yeah.
2: He did a Thor. Um,
0: Dark World. Not Dark World, the other one. Uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, Ragnarok, you're right. And so, um,. So he gets there. He meets up with the bot. They get pinned down by these smugglers or whatever. Mandalorian wigs. He like just hulks out on them. Gets that big mountain machine gun and kills everybody. So they go in and they follow the tracker and there's this floating orb. And you're like, what in the world? And so he opens it. And then this, this stunning, breathtaking moment happens. And there is a baby Yoda In this thing. I say Baby Yoda. The dang thing's 50 years old, apparently. So the bot raises his weapon to kill it. Mandalorian kills the bot and takes the Baby Yoda with him. Baby Yoda, and I'm calling it Baby Yoda for a reason because, yeah, we don't have a name for it. Now, Ben, here's where it gets tricky because the second episode was just him trying to get off the planet with this thing. We know that the creature is force sensitive because it levitated that big rhinoceros looking dragon beast that was trying that it was almost about to kill the Mandalorian. So we know he's force. And, and if you notice on the second episode, there were a couple of times when the Mandalorian was repairing his armor that he kept walking over to him and doing his hand out like he was going to help him with something. Yeah. And so, okay, so here's my theory. Let's lay this out. You ready? I'm going to try to explain this thoroughly. And you feel free to interject whenever. And I'm sure Paul Fulton's going to listen to this. Because this because he brought this up the other day. And we talked about this. Say something real quick. I want to make sure you're registering still. Okay. So as I was saying before the mics decided <laughs> to quit recording. Um, I'm going to lay my theory out. You interject whatever. Part sure. of this is from a discussion I had with Pastor Paul Fulton from First Baptist Church. So if you hear this, Paul, thanks for the... Encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we see this baby Yoda creature. Okay. We know it, it It can't be a reincarnation of Yoda. And here's why. Because Yoda died... In the middle are kind of toward the beginning yeah. of Return of the Jedi, correct? Which in that same movie, or when that in like a day or two, or however long it wasn't fifty years or whatever, no. the second Death Star is destroyed, and yes. this is five years past that. So if Yoda died within six years there, and this creature's been, now which I mean they didn't necessarily say it was been alive for fifty years. They just, just said, said they've been looking for old. it for 50 years. Yeah. I guess so. I don't know. Now, we do know Yoda was around 900 something years old, according to canon, when he died or whatever, when he turned into a Force Ghost. Yeah. So. Here's the release schedule, Ben. I'm going to give you this. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian dropped 1122 and then again 1129. Um, no, 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 no. They've already dropped two. The yep. next release is this Friday, the 22nd. Uh-huh. Then the next Friday, the 29th. Then the next Friday, December the 6th. Then the next Friday, December 13th. Okay. Then the next one releases on Wednesday, December the 18th, which is the Wednesday before the Friday that The Rise of Skywalker comes Correct. out in theaters. Okay? Then the final episode of this season comes out on twelve twenty seven. So we've already... Hmm. We've already read and discussed on here that they have warned that the mandalorian contains some spoilers for some reveals in the Mm -hmm. rise of skywalker yes as well as the future direction of the the new star wars yeah exactly and so um i'm wondering ben if they're going to reveal this character in the movie the baby yoda because about that time, it will have aged, what, at least 20 or 30 years? Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in that area, if not longer, depending on how long of a time jump is between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Because they've said that there's going to be a definite time jump in that movie. Yeah, Here's the reason why I'm thinking that. Because we talked about balancing the force, Mm -hmm. that's the whole thing, and everybody thinks it's a battle between good and evil, which it's really not. It's a balance balance between between light and and dark, Making sure there's equal. It's not eradicating the dark out, correct? When you have an absence of light, you have an abundance of darkness, if you will. So, everything's been building up to this point that Palpatine is basically the personification of the dark side, right? Mm -hmm. And there's also Kylo Ren, who is. Dark side as of now. On the light side, we have Rey, mm-hmm. but there's no other main character after Luke. You know, Force well, Ghosted well, on us
2: outside of Leia. But well, yeah, there's but Leia, a good chance she Force ain't making it. She though. ain't making it through the next yeah, movie. Yeah, she's not making probably. it through. because there's
0: <laughs> already rumors of her being a Force Ghost in the movie. Uh-huh. So what if Yoda is the embodiment of the light side of the Force, mm-hmm. coming back to balance out? Palpatine's return which would make sense it would make sense Um, so we'll we'll see my theory is that this we're gonna see this Yoda character in the movie somehow why and, and here's and here's what makes it so interesting Ben is because according to Star Wars canon Yoda is of an unspecified race yes. from an unspecified planet. Correct. In Star Wars canon, they don't know what he is. They don't know where he came from. Yep. They know he was like nine hundred something years old when he died. Um, he is one of the strongest Force beings that has ever been. Yeah. What if he is? What if he? What if he just does reincarnate himself? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The rule of two was established, so there would be two. So all of the. F- dark side of the force would be embodied by two people, right? Yes. There would never be more than two, so you would have two powerful beings that could overthrow the Jedi. Well On the Jedi side, Yoda was the most powerful Jedi pretty well ever according to canon yeah. so what if he force ghosted and then is resurrected again to balance the light and the dark out I don't know what kind of role he's going to play it wouldn't make sense for him to come back and destroy Palpatine and then call the movie the rise of Skywalker but I think he'll play a very integral part in that movie I could be totally in, wrong in helping to sort of rebuild the Jedi temple yeah and- exactly and, and I, don't, I mean I could be wrong and we might not even see this character at all in the yeah. movie uh, it would not shock me though if that's because they gotta have plans for it, though. Yeah, because the next episode comes out, the next to last comes out the Wednesday before, and the last one comes out the Friday, the next Friday. Yeah, Um, I don't see him making that big of a reveal to leave the character implanted in a mandalorian series because the series is about the bounty hunter not about yoda coming back because you know there's not supposed to be a lot of jedi interaction in the movie or whatever because it would defeat the purpose of it being called the mandalorian you know what i mean well
2: and also the you know we're looking at a world you know where effectively the only jedi left alive at that point would be Luke. Luke. Yeah, he was the only one. Uh, unless, unless he had started his school by that time. Yeah, correct.
0: Unless we except. Uh, yeah, Leia. but like five years but she, after, but she I don't wasn't think a he had. But but he. But did he start at school before Kylo was born, or did he start it after Ben was born? I don't know. I don't know because that if that's the if that's the case, Ben probably wasn't born. And if he was born, he wasn't old enough to be training yet. True. You know what I mean? So I don't. I don't know, dude. This is going to be. Um. It's it's going to be. It's going to be interesting yeah what else was i saying anything you want to add to the star wars no i like it
2: um i like i like you said i don't know what what their plan is for that character i don't know if it is actually a reincarnation of yoda or if it's just
0: another i think uh, before this the mandalorians over we'll know more about what it is
2: um but um because like you said earlier, that the timeline almost doesn't fit if it's if it's fifty years old at the point of that we first see it in The Mandalorian. Um there there's not fifty years in between Yoda's death and them coming across the if my if my understanding of the timeline is correct. It's supposed to be five years, you said, after
0: after the, the second death star, death star. The second yeah.
2: death star was destroyed. Um I we'll see i think there's a good chance that it is a, a like that that there's only one yoda and uh it continuously reincarnates uh it's kind of a cool idea yeah um but we we will see yeah we, will we see. shall
0: see um this point
2: huh otherwise oh, I'm sorry, it's a great show
0: <laughs> I, <never read> <laughs> I mean i'm
2: not even otherwise that's a poor yeah, word great, choice it's, it's a, a great, great show sir.
0: Um, I don't think we're going to do the game this week just because we're at 46 minutes. Okay. Um, let's do Ben and Blake recommend this week sure. and then um, we'll take a break and go into our top five. What do you got on your recommendation list, I'm Benjamin? I'm going to recommend a uh, a comic book. Wow. Actually. Our inner nerds are so linked. Um, Mine's not a comic book. <laughs>
2: um, since we're talking a lot about Marvel and about Disney, who now owns... Mm, more or less owns marvel. Yeah, they um, do. Yeah. <laughs> um one of the most interesting characters with a history with both companies is a little character called Howard the Duck.
0: Howard the, the Duck. I got to see Leah Thompson totally naked. <laughs> I'm sorry. But
2: um <laughs> the the original Howard the Duck comic written by Steve Gerber uh in the 70s um has a a thorny history um with disney um which has made it even stranger that the character showed up in the first guardians of the galaxy movie um because disney sued marvel over saying how Howard the duck looks too much like donald duck yeah and it effectively effectively ended that book really yes um Um, And Steve Gerber went to another company And wrote a book called Destroyer Duck And it was sort of a vengeance against uh, uh, Disney and Marvel He created a company in that book Called Godcore That he fought Anyway, I'm not here to talk about Destroyer Duck I'm here to talk about the Howard the Duck book That ran in the 70's in Marvel Hmm. Um, It's a great comic book I know a lot of people have seen The the 80's Howard the Duck movie And they say "Mm, It's not good but I, I implore you, uh, there's a couple of ways to read the Howard the Duck series that ran in the 70s. Uh, they, they've they got a great big color omnibus that they released that has the entire series. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's a little pricey. They released a couple of very, uh, like, a much cheaper paperback uh, black and white reprints uh, in the Essential Marvel series. Um, those are good. It's just... I. I'm not a fan because I'd rather, I like seeing those pages in color instead of black and white. Um, And um, I'm sure that it's I I say I'm sure, it may be available on Comixology or some uh, downloadable um, thing. Or you can contact my buddy Brian DePadro at Classic Comics and Uh, see uh, if he can order those books for you.
0: Shameless plug. Uh, Shameless plug. Um, uh,
2: ClassicComics.net. Booyah. And, um, and he'd be more than happy to track that stuff down for you. But it's a, it's a solid read. It's 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 a comedy book more or less, and uh, it's a way that Steve, the writer Steve Gerber, who's no longer with us, um, was able to sort of um, poke fun at the comic book industry yeah. and and um, and take a whack at some social issues happening at the time, um, and and, in, and it really was just a well written. Good book It's a little dated because yeah. it is from the 70s um, But great art um, A lot of art from like, Gene Colan Who is one of the greatest artists in comic book history yeah. um, So it's just really good stuff I, I, I recommend uh, Howard the Duck The original Howard the Duck run from Marvel I, It ran like 30 something issues I think uh, Just yeah. a good book It's a good book
0: Check that out. Um, It's funny that you mentioned a comic book because... (laughs) I mean, mine's not a comic book, but it is a book. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be different this time. and do a book, and Ben's got to beat me to the punch. (laughs) Um, Mine is a novel, and it's a new Stephen King novel. Uh, It was released September 10th, and it's called The Institute. It's like a science fiction horror thriller, if you will. And uh, it's great. 576 pages, and (laughs) I I enjoyed it. Um, So basically the plot centers around two characters. One's name's Tim and he's uh, like a, he's a fl- He comes from Florida and moves to South Carolina. He's like a former cop. Mm. And um, of course he is like the law, the light figure in this. Now it, it centers around this place called the Institute. They basically kidnap children that have special talents like telekinesis and telepathy. Mm-hmm. And they, bring them to this place where they encourage them to use their abilities and they... End up trying to extract it from them, basically. So they're farming children for psychic abilities, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, The second main character is this 12-year-old named Luke Ellis. And the book opens with his parents being murdered and him being kidnapped. He wakes up in this room at the Institute. Now, the thing is, is when they put him at the Institute, they all get their own room that exactly favors their room at the house that they kidnapped him from. Mm yeah so the book is about um, them and Luke realizing something's wrong because they have it divided up into the front half of the institute and the back half when they get to a point where they feel like they can harvest their ability they send them to the back half and that's where the bad stuff happens mm. and so Luke kind of catches on that and he's trying to figure out how to get out and get some help and blah 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 it is a very I, I enjoyed it you know most people shy away from Stephen King I love his writing style um, he's very detailed and yeah. his books are long Um but There were three. There was never a dull a dull moment that I put it down as like this is boring. I don't want to read it anymore. I'm a nerd. I like to read. I enjoy it.
2: (laughs) I'm a fan of of most of Stephen King's stuff. He's written so much that there's some that I'm not as crazy about. That was always going to happen, but uh, Mm -hmm. I'll have to check that one out. I'd actually wondered. I saw it at the bookstore, and I was like, I wonder if it's any good.
0: It's Um, pretty good, dude. I mean, I enjoy it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, check that out. Um well let's take a break and uh, we'll be back with our top 5 this is the Ben and Blake's X and Adventure podcast yep, yep. which Today's podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at Acme Pharmacy. Acme Pharmacy is located at 18 East Dame Avenue in Homerville. and They are your one-stop shop for all your pharmaceutical and healthcare product-related needs. Bill Murray, the owner, and his staff are always waiting with a smiling face and a warm welcome to make you feel like part of the family. They're open daily from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. and are closed on Sunday. That's Acme Pharmacy at 18 East Dame Avenue in Homerville. You can give them a call at 912-487-5327. Welcome back to Ben and Blake's Excellent Adventure podcast. Yes, the podcast of excellentness and adventures. Yeah. And to random stupidity. (laughs) Um, So this week we decided to talk about music again in our top five list. And this week we're going to talk about our top five worst albums from bands that we like. You got some ready, Ben? I do. Do you really? I do. He he does. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. Very good Macho man. Listen here, Dingleberry. (laughs) David Perry. David Perry. All right, Ben, so why don't you go ahead and jump us off and give us what that number five is, yo. Yo, yo, yo. I
2: can't. I can't sound hood. I'm sorry. Yo, Um, yo, yo.
0: No regrets, yo.
2: Yeah. My number five is, uh, it's almost, I feel almost unfair, um, naming this one it's uh it's Coda by Led Zeppelin and the reason I I feel bad um saying it is because this this album was released sort of hastily Uh after the death of John Bonham their drummer Mm -hmm. and you could tell that like Led Zeppelin was basically over I mean it was done with yeah and um, and uh so they sort of this is what they had and they just released it and then they just they sort of ended the band abruptly um cuz were like we can't replace them we're not even going to try band over but here's our last album and it's just unfinished it's an unfinished album in a lot of ways and and led zeppelin was really in to in my opinion a bit of a decline anyways um creatively um but you still had four extremely talented guys um, Working as a unit to, to create this great Really the template for like all hard rock That was to come for a while You know there, No Led Zeppelin, no Van Halen No Van Halen, no 80s Like that's just That's just kind of how it happened um, Yeah um, And it's just bad There's 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 one or two spots that are okay, but just on the whole, the album is it's just weak. It's a weak album, and uh, unfortunately, it was the last album they ever recorded. Uh, and then, outside of uh, getting back together for that one show and uh, at that big concert over in England, they've never never done anything as just those three guys ever again. Um, so it was it was their swan song pun intended that was the name of the record label yeah um
0: but it, unfortunately not not that great <laughs> well um my number five is by a member of a band that i liked in the 90s that was stone temple pilots mm-hmm. loved them um scott wyland was just phenomenal Dude, there were a lot of bands that came out of that grunge area that yeah. were great yep um i mean fantastic like Pro Jam of course <laughs> <laughs> Stone Temple Pile Soundgarden Nirvana I mean, you name them the yeah. list is long Allison in Chains yeah and uh, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead because you know Weiland has since left us uh, but in 2011 Scott Whalen is it Wayland or Weiland
2: um, I think it feel like it's like
0: <laughs> anyways you, know you what I'm can talking say about. it either way so in 2011 old Scotty released this turd Called the most wonderful time of the year. You ever hear that album? Being Scott Whalen's take on a Christmas album. Is it a Christmas album? Yeah, it's a totally Christmas album. That's weirder than Bob Dylan (laughs) doing a Christmas album. It was terrible. I mean, like I said, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but, um, but that's exactly what Whalen was when he made this unironic kind of Christmas album. I guess (laughs) it was just it was weird. Um, I mean, here's what makes it weirder. You know, you look at this (laughs) album and think. Dang, Waylon is tripping on some stuff, dude. He what? He was completely sober. He was, when sober he, at that time. he was completely sober, which I think is why it was a turd. Because the rest of the Stone Temple pilots, album, those dudes were trashed on everything known to man, <laughs> and those are some great songs, right? But he wasn't on anything. Um, so you, I mean, you basically get the sound of one of like the great rock stars of the '90s, kind of being trying to be a crooner and like just sapping his way through like a watered down, syrupy version of like White Christmas and Winter Wonderland. It was just very undignified, is what yeah. it was compared to there. It was almost like he was trying to recreate himself. Yeah. And. It didn't work. <laughs> it was a very horrible album. I was like, oh my God, why did I even listen to this one? So, yeah, that's my number five. It's Scott Weinman's Most Wonderful Time of the Year, mm. 2011. Don't listen to it. <laughs> what you got number four, Ben?
2: My number four is uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Elvis Costello. Uh, um, he's one of my favorite artists of all time. I'm a big I enjoy Pieces Go for it. I enjoy uh, most oh, of his I, I, I albums. Gotcha. I consider great. Out there, job. Ah, Anyway, he released an album in the eighties called "Goodbye Cruel World." Yeah, and um, I think it it was recorded at a, a like a really rough time in his life. I think he was going through a divorce, uh, which sometimes gets you good albums, but this time not so much. But I think the there's really no, there's another album he released around that time called punch the clock. That's also not very good, yeah. but at least it has like one or two songs on it that I, I like like punch the clock. I think is the album that has a every day I write the book, which is uh-huh. a really good song. There's just no song on goodbye, cruel world that I like. Even the ones that were kind of sort of hits or not. There was a song on there called love field and it's uh-huh. just not, it's not a good song to me. Um, and a lot of it has to do with I'm a one of the things there's a lot of things I love about the eighties, but there's a lot of things that I don't like about exactly. the eighties as well. And and one of the things that that, that the music industry did in the eighties that drives me absolutely crazy is that they they overproduced everything, just about it. And every single thing. <laughs> and and it drives me crazy. And this it's album It's driving
0: me mad.
2: <laughs> this album has that that Antiseptic, like t- almost too clean sound that was all over the '80s. Yeah, and and it's just one of the things that always made Elvis Costello such a great artist was that he was he was this real nerdy looking dude, but like he wrote all these songs that were just like filled with like venom and like, like he really like taking it to people. Um, uh, and it made for he, he was. He was really, in a lot of ways, he was the he was one of the first new wave guys, which was just sort of a, a repackaging of 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 punk that was a little bit more melodic, um, a lot more melodic in a lot of cases. Um, and this album is just it's just rough. It's like it's hard to sit through. It's just you just get bored with it really quick and. And I used to own, I I was on a mission to like own all of his albums, and I'd bought all of them. Uh, and then after a while, I look at how much crap I just got sitting around my house, and I was like, hmm, I can stand to get rid of this. I don't need it, <laughs> junk it. Yeah, I've, I've I've tried to be a completionist on that, and just couldn't do it. And I was like, nah, I gotta save room for things I actually like. Uh, so uh, I used to own a copy of it, a nice copy of it, and I don't anymore, but yeah so goodbye cruel world by Elvis Costello is is on this list for me
0: on that list dang you Elvis All right. (laughs) so my number four is in relation to a band that uh, we've discussed doing their reunion tour and this is a Motley Crue album Um, yeah I I, I was always I've always liked Motley Crue Mm -hmm. just because of how almost revolutionary they were with some of their stuff Mm mhm now, if you base your knowledge of Motley Crue for The Dirt, it's very shallow and limited. But the <laughs> thing that The Dirt got right was like Nikki Sixx's um, commitment to revolutionizing all things evil, yeah. <laughs> incorporating... <laughs> everything evil he could. He was very, very anti-Semitic and everything was against, you know, the gospel of Christ or whatever. Now, I'm not saying worship Satan or anything like that. But Six was so committed to this that, I mean, he was totally sold out to the idea and that's kind of what I get behind is your dedication to your craft and your dedication to your idea of what you, of your interpretation of what music should be. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that you should go give the finger up to God or anything. Don't do that. <laughs> Blake is not being sacrilegious here. But Nick, 66 was committed to that, to the fact that I mean, there was all kind of like sub-satanic names. He almost named the band, and (laughs) you know, I mean, like there's a bunch of their songs you would think are like worship Satan songs. Yeah. So the crew was great. I mean, they were great, dude. I mean, you know, you had you had Vince Neil and Nikki Sixx, Tommy Lee, Mick Mars, who is a great very great a very great and underrated guitar player yeah. in my opinion. So they put out these slew of albums, okay? So then they have this place when when um when Vince Neil leaves and they have this guy named John Karabi come in and he's oh. front the band. And so in 1997 <clears throat> the crew released this album called The Swine, Mhm. Jesus Christ <laughs> a recent piece got stuck in my throat they released this album called The Swine it was their last album of the 90s dude it was almost comically bad now during the re- during the making of this album they decided to dump Karabi and they persuaded Vince Neal to rejoin the band but the result was not Classic crew at all. It is was this the it was, one that
2: had the album of like the, like the real fat guy. No, it you know? had
0: like four dudes on it with pig heads standing in front of an American flag. Oh, okay, yeah yeah, 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 it was terrible. Album. So, there's a couple reasons why this album was horrible. Um, it was not classic crew, it was like a piss poor alternative rock record, is basically the only way I know how to describe it like very, <laughs> very piss poor. Um, and it, it just totally died from the get go. Um, there's a Maryland, um a Mansonish kind of like up. It's called "Find Myself." Um, until there's like, and then there's like a fake punk title track Generation Swine was horrible uh, they just seemed very out of touch with their fan base and the thing that made them popular you it's, know what I mean
2: it just seemed like they were trying to update their sound for like the new. well it,
0: it was like they were trying to update their sound and it was like they were going in a good direction with Karabi because he wasn't Vince Neil at yeah. all okay but then they whatever reason I don't even know why it was probably he probably caught him banging one of the other members' <laughs> wives or something <laughs> like they did all too often and they got rid of him and then they brought Neil back and it was like well we can't go in this other direction we're going to bring Neil back and um, try to remake our old sound and it just mm. it didn't work. didn't work I mean they sounded very very um, out of touch they had one decent song and it was called Afraid it was kind of like a post grungy cheap trick feel mm. if you will <laughs> the worst and this is the one reason I hate it is a song called Brandon Mm-hmm. and it was written it was like a very sappy orchestrated song it was written and performed by Tommy Lee it was horrible <laughs> after they recorded it Vince New even came out and called the album terrible and he was exactly right it was a total <laughs> it was a total bomb I mean an absolute total bomb so yeah that's my number four is is um Generation Swine by Molly Cruz a 97 <laughs> release it's horrible anyways what you got number trace Ben
2: my number three is from uh my all time favorite female artist of all time, Shania is, Twain. No, although she's very pretty. Um, it's Tori Amos. I love Tori uh. Amos. Um, and she recorded an album. Uh, and sometimes her albums are a little odd, anyways, but like she did a cover album called Strange Little Girls mm-hmm. that. I just I can't stand, and I'm sure there's somebody out here there that loves this album, mm-hmm. but I I just could I can't listen to it. There's she does a cover of um, the Beatles' "Happiness Is a Warm Gun" mm-hmm. on here, and I just I want to say she covers an Eminem song on here, and that just that just doesn't really? work. Yeah, um, I could be wrong about that because I. I can't listen to I have a hard time getting through this album. <laughs> so, but it's just, it's really... And, and she's kind of, like I said, she's kind of an odd duck anyways in general. Mm-hmm. But this album is just weird. And it came, it came out after... She did an album that I love called Scarlet's Walk um, that was sort of about America post 9-11 and sort of like going through... Going around the country and like mm-hmm. getting takeaways from, from from, sort of taking the temperature of America after that horrible, horrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's a great album. I love it. I actually have a signed copy of that uh, album. <laughs> really, it, I do. Um, um, but this this album is just it's no bueno. Um, no, I bueno. don't care for it. Um, and cover albums are kind of a redheaded stepchild of like of albums anyways Uh um generally if a band releases a covers album means they don't have any ideas right now (laughs) and they don't want to release another live album um and it's just i I don't care for it i i i never picked it up i'm um some friends of mine uh picked it up and i listened to their copies i want to say gary coleman had bought a copy of it it i could be wrong about that i don't want to tell s- stories out of school um but uh it's just i didn't care for it am not a fan no and I, but i love Tori amos don't care for that album
0: Tori amos oh is that all that's it so my number three <laughs> sorry is that it when well, no, i just make a sure shot i don't want to I always i feel <laughs> i always feel like i'm stepping over you dude and i don't want to do that i try to be a good guy <laughs> i just have a bad reputation i'm sorry <laughs> my number um we already played a sound clip from this band earlier when i was doing tell you what happened at um the AC/DC? tonight. yeah <laughs> acdc i've always liked acdc um they're just they're great anyways I don't, i'm not going to go into why i like acdc i just do probably gonna kick out of every church i've ever been to for saying that
2: you don't really need to explain you, if, you, if you've if you heard acdc you either like them or you don't
0: all right <laughs> so 1980 they dropped back in black right uh-huh. all right so back in black was like their best album in my opinion they got everything right great, yeah. it was from cover to cover it's a certified slobber knocker it is great five years later they released this turd called fly on the wall it was horrible. <laughs> it was one of the most terrible follow-up albums ever released, in my opinion. Um, it Like I said, it's just... I mean, golly, dude. They, like in 83, they released this, what was it called? Flick of the Switch. Is that you need to answer that? No. Anyways, it was kind of like a, a, a DIY, like a do-it-yourself thing. It worked with the Switch, okay? Totally worked. But when uh, Fly on the Wall came out, it's like... It's, it's just, it's it's crappy. Now, I said that to say this because I want to pitch this album. Um, Flick of the Wrist is like, it's very stripped down. It has like a bone dry sound. It's like their most underrated album. It's not mm-hmm. as good as Back in Black, but it's, a, it's like a second for me. Mm-hmm. Fly on the Wall, they lost the plot and their direction and everything, dude. I mean, it is terrible. Um, my best... My best description of this album, and I'm not gonna harp on it a lot because I, they have so much good stuff to overcame this. They really like overproduced it, if you will, mm-hmm. like everything else from the '80s, <laughs> and um they made themselves they tried after their semi-success with a flick of the wrist they tried to keep it stripped down and produce it themselves but they made themselves sound like a very cheap cover band yeah. of A C D C. dc yeah. you know what i mean like not even a good cover band like a really crappy cover band that you'd pay 10 bucks to go see at a little dive bar somewhere yeah and so i mean i mean it was good i mean <laughs> Like, and not just a tribute band, but a tribute band on a bad night, a very crappy tribute band. Yeah. And so, they, I mean, there's only one half decent song on there, and that's a Shake Your Foundations. Mm. Over and over, it's just a horrible album. I don't recommend it. So, if you're an ACDC fan or you want to listen to ACDC, skip over Fly on the Wall, please. <laughs> totally skip that, turd. That's my number three. I'm and I'm trying to hurry because we're like at already an hour fifteen. Yep, 10, so uh, go ahead
2: with uh, what, <laughs>
0: what you got, number two.
2: My number two uh, is by a former former Beatle mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, um, who actually has a couple of albums I could could do on this one, but uh, he did an album um, not that long after one of his best albums. He he did an album called Band on the Run. That's one of the best albums he ever did on his yeah. own. Um, but he did another album called Back to the Egg. Mm-hmm. Not so good. Um, it's one of the things that's interesting about Paul McCartney uh, as a songwriter is even the songs, like even if he wrote songs that were hits that I don't like, they're they're still memorable. Like I, I could care less for like Silly Love Songs, the song Silly Love Songs, but it's, it's catchy. So I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. There is nothing memorable about Back to the Egg. There's there's no song that stands out. There's no song that that makes you go, oh, well, he's still got that old Paul McCartney magic. Yeah. Um, it's just bland. It's a bland album. I've I feel about this album more or less the same way I felt about Goodbye Cruel World by Elvis Costello earlier. Um except maybe that the productions I don't know. They're pretty, they're pretty similar. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's just nothing to it. And from, from a guy that's that talented, um, who's literally one of the great songwriters in pop music history. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just sad. Um, yeah, it's back to the egg. Paul McCartney, not, no good. (laughs) Don't care for it. Yep. That's my number two.
0: Um, my number two, it's by one of my all time favorite vocalists. And I just I still don't I still don't understand um why this album was produced. And that's by Chris Cornell. It's an album called Scream. He released it March tenth, uh, two thousand nine. And it's just It's one of those where you just really scratch your head, you know. After his success with Soundgarden and then later with Audio Slave, then he starts this successful solo career, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, It's just it's it it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, It's like Cornell was trying to reinvent himself as a solo artist, and it just it it didn't work. Um, It because it included Timberland (laughs) that's why I don't like it it replaced a lot of the guitar and rock elements with like Timberland's electronic pop like soundscapes if you will and I just I didn't like it it was promoted with like these five digital singles there's three music videos that came out with it and it was just horrible it debuted at number 10 uh, on the Billboard 200 and it only sold like 26,000 copies Mm. Uh, he recorded it at the Hit Factory in Miami, Florida and it's just it's classified as a pop rock or a dance pop album and it is just horrible. It's 63 minutes and 14 seconds of just trash. It's got Timberland. It was produced by Timberland, Jim Beans, Justin Timberlake, and Ryan Tedder. Um, there are five songs, Long Gone, Watch Out, Ground Zero, Scream, and Part of Me. And they're not good because it's like, dude, stop. You don't need to try to reinvent the wheel here. You know what I mean? <laughs> just. BU yeah. and he came back to that, you know, before his tragic death. Yeah. And um so yeah, Scream by Chris Cornell, that's my number 2. I do not <laughs> like it and I do not recommend it for anybody. What you got number 1, Ben?
2: My number 1 um gets makes this, makes my number 1 spot because it essentially this this album was so bad that it, it killed the band. Yeah. Um what a lot of people don't um, realize unless they live through it and neither one of us lived through it um, this is the 60s possibly early 70s like 1970 um, one of the bands that was just a notch behind the Beatles in popularity and number of like hit singles was Credence Clearwater Revival <laughs> huge they were a huge band
0: oh my gosh I um, think you're putting one on there that I almost put on there
2: <laughs> they did an album um, the story goes like this John Fogerty, the the lead singer and lead guitarist and and songwriter for Creedence Clearwater Revival, mm-hmm. wanted to, wanted to get some extra money for, you know, doing everything basically, yeah. and they all said no, um, and he was like, oh yeah, well on the next album you're you're all going to start pulling your own weight. This is the story. I don't know if it's apocryphal or not. Um, you're going to start pulling your weight so like he have the other members of the band we're having we're now writing songs and stuff for the album and uh there's an old joke that goes that the the last two words said before a band breaks up is uh, the drummer saying why don't we play uh, one of my songs but anyways um so they <laughs> released an album called Mardi Gras and it's <laughs> so
0: yeah, I knew that. I knew that one was going to be on there somewhere <laughs> it's a bad it's <laughs> it's the
2: th- the thing is, is there's one song i can't remember the name of the song i didn't write it down there is a john Fogerty song on that album that's really good and it's not the one that was a hit there's there's a song on there called sweet hitchhiker that was the hit i'm i'm not that crazy about that song but there's another one of his songs that's on that album that actually it's got more of a country vibe but i like it uh but the songs by like uh stew and doug the bassist and the drummer are just they're particularly the bassist songs are just no. they're bad they're bad songs and they were ne- never able to reconcile their differences um and it was a nasty split up after that album uh you know for years john fogerty couldn't even play his own songs uh because um of the way their their terrible terrible deal that they signed when they were young yeah um in fact he got sued he got sued for sounding too much like john fogerty um he released <laughs> yeah. it, he re- released a hit single years later called old man down the road uh and he got sued cuz it sounded they said it sounded too much like run through the jungle yeah. the creed it song and he had to go in court and play both songs in front of a judge to prove how they're different and <laughs> it was just it was the Creedence Clearwater Revival story is a strange one um but it is it is a bad it is a legendary um bad album that I I wanted to like like it like I wanted to like that album but it's just not it's yeah. just not good um so that's my number
0: one, Mardi Gras by Credence Clearwater Revival. Oh my gosh, I had a feeling that I was going to be somewhere in there. And I almost put it on mine, but I didn't. For the simple fact that my number one is an atrocious abomination to everybody. Um, okay, so I like Kiss, right? Because uh-huh. Kiss was revolutionary. A bunch of Jews doing rock music, singing about their privates and stuff like that. Nature. Coopers. Yeah. <laughs> and so excuse me, I just burped in the microphone, I'm sorry. Kiss was revolutionary, right? And then you got this dude named Gene Simmons who calls him basically the god of thunder or whatever. You know, he's, bam, he's just all in your face doing everything he's not supposed to do and it's working. So, oh, excuse me. I just, gracious. Anyways, so. <laughs> That's the big
2: one, Elizabeth.
0: <laughs> Gee, yeah, I got, I got <laughs> ind- indigestion. So you, like, you would think that Back in like what was it, the late 70s, Kiss released these like four solo albums <laughs> in one day, and it was like a total bomb. It sucked. You think Simmons would have learned his lesson from that? No, although I will
2: interject this.
0: The, the Ace Freely album is not that bad. <laughs> yeah, the Ace Freely <laughs> album was not that bad, but the other three were horrible, including, yeah. yeah. So you think Jenny Simmons would have learned his lesson? No, he didn't. So in 2004, he decides, 26 years after this just train wreck, he decides, you know what, I'm going to one up it and I'm going to do one better. He released this album called Asshole. And I'm going to say that because that's <laughs> the name of the album. I'm not going to say it again because I'll get a lot of crap. Um, Dude, it, this, Oh, my God. This one makes his original solo album sound like a masterpiece. Which is shocking, because that original one is not good. Yes. Compared to this one, it deserves an Emmy Award. Okay? (laughs) Um... It sounded like basically it's an aging rock star like Simmons trying <laughs> to appeal to a newer crowd. D- it didn't work. Uh he does this joint with the kids and then he does like um a very like um blood curdling horribly version of Prodigy's Firestarter. <laughs> I am the firestarter which was not that great of a song anyways when Prodigy released well, it. Well, it's a dance song. But it like, was there's... catchy and you like and you listen to it because but you...
2: but you know what I'm saying like it's not like it's not even it's not even a real song it's a dance.
0: song. Yeah. Well, regardless, <laughs> Gene Simmons murders it. Mm. What was good about it is not good anymore because Simmons murdered it. When I say murdered it, I mean, he Casey anthony that thing, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about he just, oh my gosh. He like Jeffrey dahmer John Wayne Gacy that bad boy it's a terrible album so if you want to listen to a horrible album this is probably one of the most horrible albums ever and it almost impinged upon the entire Kiss legacy that's Gene Simmons A-Hole he released in 2004 if you want your ears to bleed if you want to have um, suicidal thoughts and stuff uh, go ahead and listen to that album it will make you want to pour bleach in your ear and it's eyes. like the tape from the ring yes it's like <laughs> samara the girl from the ring i would rather her climb out of the tv and eat my soul than i would listen to that album so what you're year.
2: saying is gene simmons takes
0: a piano chord and garots <laughs> <Fire> exactly <starter. laughs> it, basically it's 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 so terrible dude it's like horrible like you should check it out you should totally check that out <laughs> it's horrible you should listen to it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because i don't want to be the only one to enjoy this misery again i feel if like i'm you, going down i'm taking you all with me <laughs> yeah i feel like you should um i feel like you should listen to it just <laughs> so you can say why blake why, why? you're not my friend <laughs> um so yeah that's been our top five list for the week Uh, Next week, Ben, I thought that I know we just pause it to discuss this because we can because we're not live, (laughs) yo. Um, But next week is the it'll be our last podcast before Thanksgiving, right? So let's do let's break this down. We're going to make next week's uh, top five list, like a broad spectrum top deal. And we're going to list five items that we're thankful for that can either come from music, movies, TVs, books, um, sports, entertainment, whatever you want it to come from that help like a song that helped form um, your not belief system, but like kind of formed your, I don't know, Maybe who you are today, yeah. you know what I mean. Helped you age the as a person. person like to me, are. there are certain songs that I listen to that I can go back to really dark times in my life, and certain songs or certain artists kind of got me through those. So mine will be comprised of stuff kind of like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so and it's just going to be our we're going to do a big be thankful episode next week. We we'll probably do like some stuff we're thankful for didn't ever get invented or something to that effect. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about next week. Now, Ben, before we get out of here, uh, give us an update on what's going on, what's happening.
2: Yeah, there's a there's some things going on. Some things um, like them things. Uh, what? Nothing.
0: <laughs> if you didn't hear it, it didn't happen.
2: November 21st in Jacksonville, uh, Miranda Lambert will be performing. If uh, if that's something you're interested in. Uh, November 26th in Macon, Georgia, Travis Tritt's going to be performing. That ought to be a that ought to be a good show. Um, I'm not. I'm not the biggest country music fan but uh, he's a big name Um, and he's coming to a town that's not Atlanta or Jacksonville so Um, November 23rd in St. Augustine uh, an artist that I I really like named Joe Bonamassa is going to be performing in St. Augustine he's a a blues guitarist uh, really really good Um, so if, if you're interested in that kind of thing I do highly recommend that uh, and November twenty fifth, and making uh, the Mannheim Steamroller Christmas will be uh, will be ready and willing to get your holiday spirit a chuglin on down. <laughs> um, so if that's something that you're interested in, uh, go check that out. Uh, that's uh, that's what I got. That's what I got for upcoming things. In
0: addition to herpes. Oh. <laughs> oh,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> you guys never goes no way hepatitis
0: up. if it was waiting in the parking lot. Yeah, wait, you guys wouldn't know art if it was waiting in the parking lot to give you hepatitis. And it will It'll be right after <laughs> class. Oh my god that's one of my favorite skits. Define irony. I can't. Afford, what does he say about? I can't afford my medicine to combat hepatitis, but I can't donate money for blood because I have hepatitis. <laughs> <laughs> he's
2: <laughs> uh, he's hosting Saturday Night Live. He's Ooh. joining the Five Timers
0: Club. I need to check that. I need to watch that I love Will Ferrell, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, you got anything else? Uh, that's it, man. Let's land, this airplane it might take us another thirty minutes. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, this has been another exciting, excellent adventure here with Ben and Blake. We're glad that you guys tuned in. Um, as always, we want to hear from you guys. We still, I mean, we hear from some of you guys on a day. On. We,
2: we want to hear from more of you, more of you <laughs> people. If there's if there's something specific you want us to talk about, if there's something you want to know what we think about on something, exactly, we, we you know we we're more than happy to do it
0: especially the expert ben murray (laughs) did
2: you know i'm an expert
0: apparently so lynn thinks you are anyways (laughs) (laughs) i just know you better anyways but yeah like Ben said we want to hear from you guys what you like what you don't like what you want to hear if there's anything you want us to discuss or hear our opinions on drop us a line if you tweet you can check us out at Twitter we are at excellent dudes you can follow, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Ben and Blake's excellent adventure you can also get us on Gmail at Ben and Blake's excellent adventure at gmail.com um, as always you can check us out on our personal Facebook page, pages Ben Murray Blake Pittman I'm also on Instagram um, at Blake for real I'm also on Twitter at J Blake Pittman. so check us out there drop us a line if you have our personal numbers text us we don't care if you don't have our personal numbers then guess what you can't text us and we're not giving them out boo yeah <laughs> witch so anyways um <laughs> anyways uh, yeah so hit us up uh, join us next week we'll have some more exciting content for you guys and um yeah shout out to all our listeners all across the country California Colorado Arizona Canada Chicago. Let's see, uh, North Carolina. I'm trying to think. Saint Augustine, Florida. Utah. Utah. I knew I was missing one out there. <laughs> Tennessee. Yeah, we got listeners pretty well across the country. Ben, for getting there. Uh, check us out. We're on uh, Spotify, of course. Uh, we're working on iHeartRadio. Still haven't heard back from Apple. I don't know what their problem is, but uh, we will figure that out. But yeah, check us out on Stitcher. Um, uh, Podbean I think We want a couple of them Check us out As always you can listen to it On our Facebook page And we need to get that YouTube channel started up Before we go yeah. to the premiere That's what I need you to do This week Ben Find out your avail- I'm going to find out show times for Star Wars And I need you to find out Your availability For being able to get off So yeah. we can make this happen Captain make it happen alright we will so um, we're gonna get out of here guys for Ben and Blake Sex and Adventure I just wanna remind you guys as always because it's very important even though we joke a lot there's enough hate in the world be excellent to each other you did it wrong no I did not you didn't I just I'm, yeah. I'm off so tonight so let me man. say that again <laughs> I'm off there's tonight. enough hate in the world so like I say every week be excellent to each other and for God's sake Party on, dudes. Yeah, party on. (laughs) Witch! Witch!